Welcome to this episode of the Luminosity Podcast, hosted by Maria Conde. This podcast is an ongoing conversation to provide busy entrepreneurs, practical tools, and inspiring stories to live a healthy and abundant life with grace and ease. Welcome to the show. Here's your host, Maria Conde. Hello, hello, and welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I'm super excited to be here today to talk about relationships. And for this, we have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Roberta Shaler. As a relationship consultant, mediator, speaker, and author, Dr. Roberta Shaler, the relationship help doctor, provides urgent and ongoing care for relationships in crisis. Her mission is to help people stop tolerating abuse. Even the United States Marines have sought her help. Dr. Shaler focuses on helping the partners, exes, and adult children of the relentlessly difficult people she calls hijackals. She offers strategies for dealing with the, the constant uncertainty and jaw-dropping behaviors of toxic people. She's the author of 16 books, including Escaping the Hijackal Trap and Stop, That's Crazy Making, How to Stop Playing the Passive-Aggressive Game. She is also the host of the weekly relationship help show on BBS Radio. Welcome, Dr. Shaler. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here, Maria. Thank you for joining us. So I'd love to know a little bit more about your journey and that's what's transpired to get you to where you are today, because I know there's a big story back there. <laughs> well, there is a big story. Um, I always thought that I would be a medical doctor. And just when I completed my undergraduate work and was ready to go to medical school, I found out I was pregnant. So I thought, I'm not going to put a child through that. I know it's enough to put me through medical school. Never <laughs> am I take a child through. So I switched and uh, got a doctorate in psychology. But why I focus on what I focus on, these amazing people called hijackals that we so need to recognize and understand, is because I was raised in a pack of them. And when you're raised with them, you don't know that. Uh, you don't know the impact that it had on you. So I dedicated my time, my energy, and my expertise to helping people understand, to recognize, to realize, and to recover from that experience. I see. Can you explain exactly what a hijackal is? Yes. How uh, you would define it, yeah. <laughs> well, as it's my trademark term, I can define it for sure. And I'll tell you why I created it. Too many people I found were going to the Google goddess and they were oh. saying what was happening and they were coming back with a clinical diagnosis. Do you know that the Google goddess doesn't have the ability to make a clinical diagnosis? So I thought, no, no, these people are labeling people. They're mm -hmm. finding out they're narcissists or borderlines or sociopaths or whatever. They're not necessarily. They may be, they may not be, but you cannot diagnose them and you can't call them that because that separates you from them and then it's all their problem and you're in the relationship. Mm -hmm. So I created the term hijackal to give a non-clinical term for the traits, the patterns, and the cycles that all those people have because all hijackals drink from the same pool of traits. Mm -hmm. What would some of those traits be then? Because well, I, I have narcissism in my head and I, I have those yeah, in my absolutely. life, right? And, and it's like, oh, I flash, all the lights are going off here. <laughs> yeah, and narcissists are one kind of hijackal. You know, if it, from a psychological perspective, if you think about 
you know, that kind of thing, which most people don't. When you go into the DSM-5, all these traits are there and all of these mm. different diagnoses just have different combinations and amounts of yes. the traits. Yeah. So let's just call them hijackals. And hijackals are people who hijack relationships for their own purposes. And then ah. they relentlessly scavenge them, usually daily, for power, status, and control. So you become their supply. They, they get what they need from you because they demand it. And one of the things that they demand is that you be diminished. So they have a huge need to win every single moment, even in the most trivial things like, where are we going to dinner? <laughs> wow. That's so interesting. And it's, okay, this is not good on my part, I will admit right now. And I, uh, I instantly put hijackles as men. <laughs> but when you're saying that, it's like, oh, I know a woman that fits that. Exactly. So yeah. it's, it's very interesting. So it's going to be on both sides of the fence then. Equal. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's equal, eh? That's what you find? E yeah, wow. If you, if, you, if you get into the actual psychological diagnosis, there are more females that are one kind and more males that are another, but as hijackals, it's equal. It's equal. Wow, that is amazing. And because I was going to say, on the opposite side of that, what are the um, traits of the person that they're attracting? Oh, well, those are the people who were raised to be what I call hijackal bait. These are the people who were probably raised by domineering, demanding, if not hijackal parents, yeah. at least one of them. And so at a very early age, what the research tells us, Maria, is that these traits be, are installed in us in the first few years of life by yeah. our early environment. So either we are raised by them and we become hijackal bait, or we're raised by them and we become hijackals. Oh, okay. Interesting. And, yeah. So hijackals are looking for hijackal bait. That's a person who is malleable, wants to mm -hmm. plead, will go the extra mile, is super compassionate, honestly believes they can fix the person. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There's so much of that out there I see. If only I love him or her enough. They didn't have enough love in their childhood. If I just nurture them, if I'm more compassionate, kinder, less demanding, if I do all of that, I will fix them. No, you're being no. used. You can't <laughs> fix them. Yeah. And so I would imagine it's, when you do your work, it's just as much work working on both sides of the fence, right? Like both, both people. Oh, no, it isn't because hijackals don't come to see therapists. Uh, yeah, <laughs> very perfect. true. They're, They're perfect. perfect. Yeah. I'll tell you when they do come, Maria, so that everybody listening can watch out for this one. They come when they think that they can, and they always think that, that they can exploit, seduce, and manipulate the therapist. Oh. So they, what happens, I've had so many clients, and I have clients by video conferencing from all corners of the world. Uh, they come, and what they do, and they're so damaging to the non-hijackal partner because the hijackal will come to a professional who's not used to seeing this. They're used mm -hmm. to seeing normal interactions and problems in normal interactions. The hijackal then seduces the professional over to believing that they see the situation clearly and the non-hijackal partner gets re-wounded by two people instead of one when they went to the professional. Yes, for help. Finally be seen. Yeah, right? yeah. They wanted yeah. to be heard finally and 
Yeah. yeah. It's gone against them. Exactly. Wow. And that makes it probably even harder for that person to recover because you've got like a double wound almost, right? And Yes. And you're already being wounded daily at home. And then you go and you have this glimmer of hope that somebody will actually see what's going on. And the reason for this is that hijackles paint a picture of perfection in public. Ah, so interesting. If you are with a hijackal and you go to, to say to somebody, oh, you know, you can't believe how he or she treats me, it's highly likely that other person's going to say, oh, that's ridiculous because he or she is wonderful. You've got the perfect partner. They look amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. On the outside. But it's at home where they're getting their supply and they go out in the world and then they do whatever they do. And it's, yeah. very, it's very damaging. Absolutely. And I was, I'm just learning about this, obviously, from you. And my one quick question is, is this just at, um, is there physical abuse or is it just emotional or is it, does it cross over both ways or? It starts with verbal abuse. It's definitely emotional abuse. Many times it's sexual and physical abuse and it will often grow in magnitude of abuse yeah as it as people get more interlaced interlaced into it all and and uh, over the years yeah and if life gets complicated for those people it probably gets even worse too the stress adds to oh sure uh, after you've been with one with a hijackal for a while you don't know which end is up and you begin to believe the press that the hijackal is giving you because again with traits everything is going to be your fault one minute they're going to want something from you so that you're the best thing some sliced bread two minutes later you don't look at them the right way and (laughs) you're you're done right yeah right you're toast and and you can't win they're going to blame you for everything they're going to find fault with you all the time they have no empathy they'll take responsibility for absolutely nothing they're constantly seeing the downside potential and the negative in everything and they love to keep you in chaos and uncertainty yeah now i have a question for you that just popped up for me is do you see this in the workplace oh sure (laughs) yeah okay interesting because i'm how would that show up in a workplace i mean at home it's very obvious right and because you have so much interaction at home with your partner it's it's very obvious like you said you just look at somebody wrong and you can be wrong right (laughs) it doesn't take much but in the work environment how is that going to show up then well how about that person who takes credit for your work oh how about that person who this doesn't quite get around to doing what the team needs to do, but insists that they were a team player. How about the person who is outrageous in their behavior, yet nobody stops their behavior, <laughs> and then they get promoted? Um, whether it's a vertical or lateral promotion, all the person wants is rid of them. I was speaking at the California HR conference a couple of years ago, and someone put out their hand and said, what happens to hijackals? And I said, brace yourself. They get promoted, and the Mm -hmm. whole room gasped and then had shadow laughter. Because when you don't want that person in your department, you send them somewhere else. And they tend to be reverse pinballs. They go upwards instead of down. So they sneakily make their way up the ladder of an organization and then they get the ultimate power, which is what they were after. Wow. I can give you a story. I was asked to coach a senior VP of a major restaurant chain. 
because they told me she'd been there so long she held all the history of the company and all of all of the uh, major decisions she had been part of but everybody really had no use for her uh, as a human being <laughs> and so I went in and I said you know you know why I'm here and she says yes and you can sit in that corner and talk oh. for an hour and I don't really care what you have to say I made it this far obviously I'm doing things right and I don't care and I said well that's fine I will sit here because I'd like to engage you in conversation and I think that it would be beneficial she said I'll work while you talk Absolutely. I could just see that happening. You just, you, 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 the way you played that, it's exactly what you would anticipate that person to do, right? Sure. Now, just out of curiosity on the follow-up of that story, did you make any headway or was, are they just shut down? Actually, um, she did engage with me about her relationship at home. Okay. And it was, of course, falling apart. She'd had several that had fallen apart, and she was raising children on her own. She was very tense. She was very unhappy. Mm. Uh, and, of course, a hijackal is never going to admit to all of that. They're going no. to say that you make them that way, but they're not going to admit that. So we did make a little headway, and then the restaurant chain went out of business. Oh, problem <laughs> solved for that one, yeah. for that position anyways. <laughs> That's unfortunate, though because this is people's lives and people around her and, and it took a while, but that's what yeah, happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you find um, that as people age or grow in life circumstances that they can change at all or does that just not? Okay. There's one kind of hijackal who can make changes. Okay. And that person has a little empathy. That person that, that kind of hijackal is a person who will say, I really didn't mean to hurt you. And they, they're the only kind of hijackal that when they cry, they have tears. Because the other hijackals will cry, but it's all for show. Oh, yes, of course. But, but there are one kind of hijackal who, who they cry and they really are confused. I don't know how to do life differently. I don't know what I said. I don't want to keep hurting you. I just don't know why I do this. Um, so there are things that can be helpful to that that person. Yes, because they actually have an awareness, at least, of that they're doing the actions yeah, that they're doing, they, right? So Yeah, and they can over a long time. It takes a long time, but they can. Then there's another kind of hijackal. I call white hat hijackals. They're black hat and white hat hijackals. Okay. <laughs> the black hat hijackal is never going to change. But the white hat hijackal is a person who was raised by a hijackal, behaves like a hijackal. But when I start to work with them, I find that they don't have any other skills at all, and they want to. Oh, okay. They're, they're behaving that way because it's the only way they know to behave, and they adopted it and inherited it and adapted it, and it's not working for them but they don't have another one and they're afraid to try another one. So again, it's a long, long, long journey yeah. for them. Yeah, absolutely. And so that you, you work, do you work with both sides of the, both sides and the hijackal and then the, what was the other term you used from the hij hijackal bait? Yeah. Hijackal bait. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, well, very few hijackals want to work, but occasionally yes. they do. And yeah. yes, yes. I'm happy to work with them. Um, 
because I'm so familiar with hijackals. My father's entire family were hijackals. And he was a, an extreme passive aggressive as a result of that. Now, all hijackals are passive aggressive, but not yes. all passive aggressive people are hijackals. Yes. And so he wasn't a hijackal. He was a very hurt, hurt, hurt passive aggressive man. Mm-hmm. But my mother, of course, was a hijackal because ah. that, that was normal for him. And so I was an only child. So imagine the joy of having oh, those two Those people. two, yeah. <laughs> and then as an only child, you don't have anyone who's sharing your history inside the house. There's no, no. one who shares your history. So I happened to be quite a smart little kid. And I would say... That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know, I called them on it all the time and they hated that. Oh, they would. But of course, I was raised to be hijackal bait. I was super overly sexualized because I was abused. And so it took a long time for me to realize what happened to me, what caused it, and how to fix it. And back then, there was little help for that because that was not the way the world looked at, at no. homes. No, and, and it was very secretive. Anything that was going on that was not perfect in the home didn't get talked about at all. Exactly. So then, you know, I had to develop what I needed to do, what, how I needed to think it through. And because of my training, I was able to work on that and do that and work with a few colleagues. And, you know, that's yeah. why I can help people because I've exactly. been there, done that, have the ugly video and the nasty t-shirt, you know? Absolutely. And it's your life passion now. Well, it is because I want people to, first of all, recognize the traits. Then it takes a while for them to realize that, yep, that really did happen to me mm-hmm. and it happens over there and my best friend and my sister and my boss and the people at church. Uh, and <clears throat> then you have to recover. Mm-hmm. It's a journey and that's the journey I take people on. Yeah. And creating that awareness is that first step because they have to realize that life could be different and this isn't right. I shouldn't be living this way. And and you hope that um, they take that next step, which would be to seek the help to get there. Yeah, because they had come to realize that they don't have to be living that way. And it's no easy journey, Maria. It is no. really, really, really hard. I've just made, um, it's not ready for publication yet, but it will be in about six weeks. I just made a seven video course Oh wow! with a colleague who is a divorce attorney and we we have done this thing on should I go, should I stay, and if I go, what do I do? Oh wow! And you've hooked up with a lawyer on that, which is great because mm-hmm. that's a, someone's first thought is okay. I'm I'm not going to leave because I'm going to lose everything or whatever, right? And well, like, you will, you yeah, will. <laughs> <laughs> um, because you can't get away with without losing more than you would think was fair. Yeah. However, you have to go to court long before you go. You really need what we have in that program because you need to think about it differently. Mm-hmm. It's going to be different with a hijackal. The courts don't see the hijackal nature. Courts work on a very, very quick snapshot. They yeah. do not see the video. <laughs> yeah. And so that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's amazing. And so well, in, to wrap that up, before we get into our um, 
other session that we do here. Um, what would be one thing that you want to, important message that you want to leave the listeners with? I think most important is that if you think that there is a person in your life and you, you recognize with today's conversation that there is a person who is actually in this hijackal category, if for that first moment, no, it's not your fault. You were mm-hmm. set up for it organically. There's nothing wrong with you except not taking a step to move away from that destructive relationship. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to end the relationship. I always tell everyone, do your own work first unless there's physical or sexual abuse. Yeah. Because then when you leave, you'll be empowered. You mm-hmm. will be happy with your choices because they were made consciously. Yes. And you will give yourself enough time to set yourself up financially because mm-hmm. hijackles abscond with the finances. And ah. you have to figure everything out before you even mention the word leaving. Yeah, because they will just sabotage the whole thing and make it all your fault and all kinds of stuff. And Oh, and they yeah. will they will put they will start siphoning money if they haven't already into accounts of their own, put things in. Remember, they're very charming. Yes. And so they will, I have had people, hijackals who have gone to banks and persuaded some unwitting person to take their partner's name off a house. Wow. Right. And you have to really do your due diligence long before you mention leaving so that you can Get things yeah, back. you got to be organized and head on straight before you take that leap, right? That's so, right. Wow. Yeah. I love everything about this conversation. I think it's a really needed conversation in this world today. And, um, and now we have the means to be able to speak up a little bit more too. In the past, we might not have always had that freedom or felt like we had that freedom. We always did, but it wasn't always accepted, right? And right. Uh, now there's a lot more places to get help such as yourself, right? Um, so... What I'm going to do now is we're going to hop into the insight round. And this is just to get to know a little bit more about you personally. It's meant to be a little bit fun. I find it seems to get a little bit deep sometimes because we get into some big questions. (laughs) But um, I'm always talking about mindset for a lot of things in life. And so can you think of one mindset that was holding you back from... Sure. When I was raised to think anybody with a title was more important than I was. So bank manager was a title. And so ah. this was important. So um, to to be able to recognize that we are all equal mm-hmm. and that everybody is interesting and everybody has pain and everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time. <laughs> um, that was a gift from my, my parents. Of course, they were Depression era parents in ah, Canada. Yes. And they, they believed anybody in authority, and they raised me to do that too. Please don't believe everybody in authority. Yes, very true. So it's having that fine balance of respect, right? Of um, the people have to earn your respect. You know. Yeah, be discerning. Yeah, you know, yeah use your, exactly. Use your brain and your experience, yeah. and listen. You know, and some intuition too. You just look. You know, we don't tap into that enough. I don't think either. Yeah, I think the most important thing that I can teach any human, and this used to be in 12-inch gold lettering on my wall in my office, and that's this. The truth is what you do. Always believe someone's behaviors, not mm-hmm. their word. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good one to put up on the wall and remember that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> people, yeah, they'll always tell you the real side of you. 
if you watch for it. They'll show you the real yeah. side. They'll tell you a story. A different story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I meant to say. Yeah. So what's one person that's changed your life for the better? Oh, when I was three years old, I was so unhappy. And uh, a minister from the church behind my parents' store used to come into the store all the time. And I liked him and he liked me. And so I said, I want to go with him. And my parents said, yeah, sure. And (laughs) he was the first person who saw that I was a very, very unhappy child. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you remember that from a young age. That's rare too, to remember from a young age. I did because I went, I was I, from a tiny town, um, you know, from Nanaimo and it was tiny when I was born. So yeah. going across the street at three years old, no problem. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now you'd be horrified if your child did that. <laughs> and actually a couple of years ago, I, I went, uh, he was married to a wonderful woman and I actually found her and he had just passed. Oh, and, uh, I, I reunited with her. It was amazing. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So what is the best advice you've ever received? You probably got lots of wisdom there, I'd imagine. Uh, I don't know about receiving it. <laughs> Finding it? I, I think I just <laughs> shared with you the best advice that I've ever found, which yeah. is to believe people's behavior rather than their words. And when their behavior and their words match, then you got a winner. Beautiful. Whether that. or not you like them or not, I don't mean a winner in that latch onto them. Yes. I mean, we'll look at them and say, ah, like I was at a conference the other day and, and this has happened in our country and it happened at this conference. A fellow was being touted as the best thing since sliced bread and he got up and spoke and he actually told the group how he hoodwinked another whole group of people. And he was so oh. elegant and refined. And as he did it, I was like screaming inside. Oh, yeah. Right. Because he's telling us what he's going to do to us. Yes. Yeah. Right. You're next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, it's like somebody yelling and screaming, saying that another person is rigging an election. When a hijackal does that, you know for sure they're rigging an election. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, that that's interesting. That's, situation yeah wow so i am all about self-care and you being a doctor i'm sure you actually practice i know you i just saw your smoothie there so i know you have a a self-care practice (laughs) so what would be the one thing that you uh, practice regularly that you would like to share with people well, I used to own a retreat center on Vancouver Island, oh, yes, so I yes, yes. <laughs> I have a whole lot of them. But I would say that the most important thing is a book that my partner and I wrote, and it's called Soul Solitude. Oh. So taking the time to let your soul catch up, sit quietly, fall silent, and listen. I need to get that book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah, Soul Solitude. It's on Amazon, and it, it's important to sit quietly. You know, I have studied meditation and yoga in many places in the world. I started when I was 19. And no matter what you call it, no matter where you put your hands, no matter what you say, no matter what you listen to, no matter whether you have a candle or music or you don't, or whether you're sitting on the floor or your feet are on the floor, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you regularly sit, fall silent, and listen. Mm-hmm. Ah, so beautiful. I love that. It is so true too. And for the busy body, the you know, overly high achieving women, it's, it's very hard to do. 
I talked to an executive the other day and she was, um, I actually have written my own meditation journal and I gave her a copy because I thought she could use it. <laughs> and she said she was just practicing one minute a day is what she was learning to sit through because it was so hard for her. She's never done anything like that before. Yeah. If you can, and she was not young either. Right. So no. she was, Yeah. Many of my, I, and I, I share all of these things, including yoga postures sometimes and breathing techniques with my yeah. clients. But if you can sit for 90 seconds, great start. Yeah. You know, just don't think that you're a failure if you can't. You know, my daughter is a, a book editor. And when I sent the book to her, I didn't hear from her for days. And I said, don't you like the book? What's up? <laughs> she said, I hate page 111. Oh. So what's on page 111? I turned to it and it had just two lines. There is no technique in soul solitude. Sit, fall silent and listen. You can't do it wrong. And I said, well, why did that make you angry? She said, you blew my cover. I always thought I needed to learn to meditate and I wasn't ah. doing it right. So I didn't do it. Yeah. It's not about doing. It's about being. Just be there. That's right. That's yeah. it. Yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah, simple. Yeah, we're so, we're in such a complicated world. We expect so much, and you know the to do list and the manuals for everything. And there's got to be it's got to be deep and long and complicated, but it's not. Right. Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter where you are, too. You can. It doesn't matter where you are. You can tune that. Out, like just be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, what book are you reading right now? I know that's a big question for some people. Oh well, I read I read the same book every morning. Um, so, well, the same book. I read some part of Joel Goldsmith every morning. Okay, so he's written forty-one books, so I have them. Any of the above, right? right? right, yeah. right by my beautiful morning chair, and I will read him. I love it. I love that you have a morning chair. <laughs> Can you just take two seconds to talk about that? Because I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. Because I. I I'm into that morning stuff, right? So, right. Well, I'm from Canada, from Vancouver Island, and I live in San Diego. And I realized that there were many things that were important to me that I wasn't honoring. So I bought myself a fireplace mm -hmm. <laughs> and I bought myself a beautiful leather recliner. And I shopped and shopped and shopped until it was the perfect one. So I have this beautiful space in my living room that is just for that purpose. I get up early, I sit in my chair, I put on the fireplace, and that's where I do my morning work. And I return to it several times a day on a good day. <laughs> oh, it's like a sacred space for you. That's just, yeah, it is. I yeah. love it. I love it. Um, so what's one thing that you are most passionate about? <laughs> I think that's pretty clear. clear by yeah. but, but aside from your work, though, is there something else that you do that you're passionate about? I know. Uh, <laughs> are you all um, work <laughs> no, no I don't work at all yeah it's all life it is um, yeah it, you know I think when what you're passionate about is what you want to do every day there's no work involved mm -hmm. and yes sometimes you have to clean the toilet of your business you know I mean sometimes there are things that you don't like to do that you you do because you love love what you're doing yeah and, and then, then those are easy to get through then because you know it's got a bit better purpose a great yeah, purpose I'm, then. Not a, I'm not a great fan of repetitive tasks you know yeah. <laughs> it's all boring repetitive tasks however they have to be done but it doesn't diminish the fact that if I can talk to someone and have them see that they matter 
that oh, they yeah. seriously matter and that they are being treated in a way that does not demonstrate that they matter. That'll float my boat and flip my skirt every day. I love it. I love it how you say that too. I love it. So that ends today's podcast with uh, Dr. Roberta Shaler. And so where can our listeners find you? Because with all you've said, um, you know, if they need to reach out to somebody, they need to be able to find you. You can find me at forrelationshiphelp.com, F-O-R relationship, H-E-L-P.com. If you want to know more about hijackles, just click on the hijackle tab. You can even get my free ebook, How to Spot a Hijackle, <laughs> right there. And then at YouTube, my... Oh, you have YouTube too. Great. Yes, my channel is called Surprise, Surprise for Relationship Help. <laughs> There's about 150 videos over there that will help you. Beautiful. And all my books are on Amazon. I was just going to say that. Yeah, well, your books. And how many did you say? 16, I think you said? Mm-hmm. You have another one in the works right now too, don't you? I do, but th- not quite my, there yet. My quiet sitting, actually, I was given the book and then uh, later it was, you don't need to do this. Okay. Interesting. So right now, no. Not really. Okay. Not writing. No. Nope. Beautiful. I'll wait till till I'm told. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's a beautiful part of just following that and sitting quiet every day. You're not pulling and pushing on life. It's just guiding you. You're flowing through it in grace and ease, I say. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate this conversation. And I'm sure I've got a whole handful of listeners out there that are going to get a huge amount from this. And um, they'll be recognizing all these people around them and, and really tuning in to what's going on in their life and the people that they're surrounding themselves with too. I hope so. Yeah. And so thank you so much again for joining us. Thank you. Pleasure. It's my, my pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for listening today. Show notes are available at www.mariaconde.com.